0: Hi, everyone. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and welcome to another edition of the Saturday Morning Coffee podcast. I want to invite everyone to send us an email this week to the Saturday Morning Coffee mailbag. The email address for the show is ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com. That's ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, questions, suggested show topics, or just tell us you want to be entered in the current contest drawing. Right now, we've got a gift pack we'll be giving away that includes an assortment of some of the great One Nation coffee we drink on the show, a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug, and four tickets to the Asher Theater in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So get those emails into the show mailbag. That's S M C at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to get you entered in the upcoming drawing. And now, it's this week's episode of the Saturday Morning Coffee Podcast. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Coffee.
1: Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd.
2: Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk ninety four point five.
0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, it is Saturday, August 19, 707 on your radio dial. Thanks for tuning in here for another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis of and Boyd. Of course, I'm your host for this excursion into broadcast excellence here on this beautiful Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, sip it. Meditate with us. Join us as we think about all the craziness going on in this crazy world that we live in. All the things that we think you need to know, we're here to talk to you about. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom. More freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. we got a country to say, folks. this I mean, we say that every week, but if you don't know it... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what more we can tell you. We have a country to save, folks. It literally hangs in the balance. There's so much going on in this country that is flatly inconsistent, inconsistent, excuse me, with the democratic ideals that were laid down in the Declaration of Independence in 1776. Those 1776 principles are under assault. We've got a few people talking about it, the Ramaswamy donald trump a lot of people are out there on the campaign trail talking about the threats to your freedom but there are too many people who are just asleep it's it's sad glenn it's really sad we we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal equal. that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights and among these are life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How's the pursuit of happiness going for us, Glenn? <laughs> Not too good the past two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're criminalizing. We, we now face a progressive left folks that wants to criminalize political thought. Right. If you don't agree with them, you're going to jail. Don't even think it. Don't even think it. No. And certainly don't talk to your lawyer about it because both <laughs> yeah. of you will be indicted. Yeah, Yeah. It's crazy, y'all. It's nuts. But we just have to... Refuse to accept it, folks. They, they cannot, I don't think they can kill us all. We'll see, you know? I mean, we just can't accept the things that are being passed or that are trying to be passed off upon us by the uh, the Richmond, North of Richmond. We just can't tolerate it, folks. Joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you doing this
1: morning? I'm doing pretty good,
0: Reese. Doing I'm a little irritated good. with that.
1: Uh, and it's humorous but, uh, because, you know, we have to laugh at this because you're right they're dumb well they're, this is just so stupid
0: it's like i was talking to liz friday morning glenn on the on the liz calloway show it's so overwhelming all the stuff that we have to talk about and of course this is the newly unexpanded one hour edition of saturday morning coffee we decided to tighten things up a little bit make my life a little bit easier and downsize Saturday morning coffee to a one hour. This is the espresso version mm-hmm. of Saturday morning coffee and we hope you guys will continue to tune in and enjoy it, but we're trying to make things
1: a little bit easier on your humble host who has just stretched a
0: little yeah. bit we thin lately. Yeah,
1: we, we both are. And and honestly, I mean they're getting that shot of espresso in an hour and then they're on with their day.
0: They're on with their day. Yeah. And so we hope you guys will stick with us. we got a lot to talk about today. So much going on, but yeah, there's so much. I was talking to Liz on Friday morning. There is so much going on, Glenn, that it just, it's seems overwhelming. And it's like one of the things about doing the show is I feel compelled to watch my Fox News, watch my Newsmax, do all those things every night to stay on top of what's going on because you want to comment on the things that seem most relevant, most important to folks. And goodness gracious, it is just, it is, it's impossible to keep up with sometimes. It's just, there's so much information, so much coming at us. And you don't even know where to begin sometimes. This week, we've got the indictment against Donald Trump. We've got the continuing saga going on in Maui, which is just an unprecedented uh, disaster. I mean, it is an unmitigated disaster, both in the event, the unfortunate, tragic event that has taken so many lives, but the disastrous response and how inept the government has been in Hawaii at the local and state level, and even at the federal level.
1: Right. And it it looks to me uh, that this fire could have been avoided you know it was power lines is that's the initial that's, spark we're seeing now that's
0: what we're you know? being told yeah. being led to believe is that the primary theory again this is sort of like the wuhan lab leak well we saw got, a flash I, so we yeah yeah you know, i think it's pretty clear yeah. that the the uh, maui wildfires were set off and and more to the point glenn we're now learning that the power companies involved basically ignored the yep. danger yep and over the last year or 18 months spent about 85 million dollars on green new deal power initiatives you know trying to be sustainable power companies right. going for that you know Hawaii famously wanted to have a carbon neutral footprint mm-hmm. by i think 2025 or 2024 i can't remember the exact date 20, 20 some date in the not too distant future
1: right.
0: Hawaii had advertised some time ago that they were going to be carbon neutral so, you've got all these power companies not spending money on traditional safety measures, but spending money on these cuckoo glow, Green New Deal yeah. initiatives, hmm. which continue to, just like electric pickup
1: trucks, Glenn, yeah, don't was, tend to make money. I was actually just looking at the story with the Ford, the, the CEO of Ford. Yeah. Uh, they are challenged on, not, they're trying to work now with Tesla to provide more charging stations for their vehicles, yeah. but... He, well, he saw the challenge of trying to take one on the road for a long trip, and it's a challenge. Yeah, and the, and the narrative, I, I saw an
0: article this week, I don't know if we'll have a chance to get to it today, because we do have so much to talk about. We've got the Maui, the wildfires there, the disastrous response. We've got the Trump indictments, which are just, you know, what is going on in Georgia cannot be tolerated it cannot be t- in a free democratic society they used to talk about banana republic this isn't even banana republic mm-hmm. stuff this is this is pure totalitarianism this is indicting under the color of the state indicting a political opponent for basically talking with his lawyer and his campaign advisors about what might have been wrong with an election right and they're using rico to do it it's in, it's a state rico claim and it's insane
1: it is insane. They're criminalizing the entire attorney-client process. Glenn. Yeah, they want to. And they want to process every, or uh, take everybody to trial at the same time. Eighteen. Yeah, she's going to try nineteen defendants at oh, one 19, time okay. and get it done by July, or whatever
0: date she wow. gave us. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, there are other claims, similar claims against uh, gangs, the the people that RICO was actually intended. RICO was written to address gang activity, mob activity, mm-hmm. and of course. It's a very loosely worded statute, as you guys have heard many federal prosecutors and some state prosecutors brag from time to time, I can indict a ham sandwich under RICO if right. I want to. Right. It's a very loosely worded statute, but it gave the federal DOJ the power to bring down the mob, which they did. Brought the mob to heel, finally, using RICO, because it is such a broad and and powerful statute that allows prosecutors a large degree of discretion as you can see we've we, I mean it's it but it but what they have done in Georgia is insane so we got to talk about that we're also going to be talking to Carly Atchison Carly is the national spokesperson for the Ron DeSantis campaign so we got a lot going on here on uh, we talk a little bit with uh, Carly about what's coming up the debate that's going to be forthcoming and what uh, Governor DeSantis is doing out on the campaign trail So we got a lot to talk about here On Saturday Morning Coffee We hope you guys will stick with us I'm Reese Boyd, that's Glenn Dye We'll be right back, do not leave town of a
1: savior Rise up, rise up Rise
0: up, rise up Our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee Of course we're talking about Conway Ford Conway Ford located on Church Street in Conway got the best deals in town and the best buying experience conway ford is your hometown dealer they're the winner of the ford president's award where you're always going to find friendly friendly faces great selection excellent customer service and the best buying experience in the area the conway ford buying experience is better than their competitors they guarantee it and they're finally uh, so excited to announce that they've got plenty of uh, inventory on the lot broncos bronco sports Escapes, expeditions, you name it F-150s You name it, they've got it They also have uh, uh, Mustangs, whatever you want folks Go over and take a look at it At Conway Ford, their experience is better Check them out, Church Street in Conway Tell them Reese Boyd sent you And don't wait, do it today, go check them out Conway Ford in Conway
1: Nothing wrong with a little Charles. In liberating strife Who more than self yeah, our country
0: loved. Good morning everybody. Welcome back to Saturday morning Coffee little Ray Charles for you on your Saturday morning coffee. Mercy more than life. Thank you to all the heroes out there, the first responders, police veterans, those who have paid the ultimate price. We thank you here on Saturday morning coffee. wasn't the bumper music I was looking for, but never a bad time to play. It actually gave
1: me chills. Play
0: a little Ray Charles here on Saturday morning coffee. Speaking of heroes, Glenn, one of the things we've been talking about this morning here on Saturday morning coffee, of course, is... um, The response to these incredible wildfires in Maui and, of course, the official death toll now stands at at least 111 is the number um, that I've seen officially. That was the number that I got Friday afternoon. I haven't seen anything officially higher than that. But, Glenn, we know that number is going to climb and climb substantially based on the people who are unaccounted for. Right. And one of the things that I think we will have to take a very hard look at, and, I, and this is one of those instances where the truth, the truth is out there. The truth must out. How did we respond to this? There are so many crazy stories that are coming out now. People, you know, It's eminently obvious, that, and I don't really know what to believe yet. So we're, as I said, the truth is out there. Hopefully it will out. We're hearing that water was not available. Water was withheld from firefighters. There are stories of people dipping water from their toilets to fight these fire, fire, forest mm-hmm. fires, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to ask yourself, uh, if the police response was tepid, if the firefighters who were there did not have access to water, um, the sirens did not work. Of course, the, the, the public uh, emergency director for um, has resigned. He, had, he basically had to. Uh, and said, well, the sirens were intended for tsunamis. I mean, it, it's crazy. There were multiple reports that, that people did not get any warning at all. Right. You're talking about people who were away. Uh, their warning was the fire.
1: Yeah, they they look out their back door and they've got fire in their yard. Yeah, they yeah. saw
0: fire in their yard yeah. and that's what woke them up. And all of the technologies that we have, you know, you and I get the Amber alerts on yeah. our cell phone. Yeah. None of that worked. None of that worked and I think we have to I mean we will have to figure out why because listen 111 is the current number but obviously there are approximately 1000 people missing at least and I've seen some reports that there are more more than 1200 people missing so I'm trying to reconcile myself to this idea what do we do where are those where are those people if they haven't been
1: found yet how many people jumped into the water and ended up drowning yeah you know there are no there there are online
0: databases for uh, missing persons, you know, find mm-hmm. your loved ones. Right. There's at least a thousand people missing no, without duplicates. I think that's probably a, a conservative estimate. It may be closer to eleven hundred or so, mm-hmm. uh, but there's at least a thousand people who are missing and unaccounted for right. now, days after the fire. And I think we've got to figure out. Um, but I think one of the things that the lessons will be, and I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. Try not to. But this is this is um, this is life in the blue state. Glenn, this is blue state policies at work, at least in some degree. Now, there would have probably been a fire anyway, might have been. But I noticed this story. Uh, this came from Fox News. Hawaiian couple suing four power companies and accusing them of ignoring weather warnings among historic Maui wildfires that have killed at least 93 people. Now, again, that number is at least 111. and But we suspect that that number is going to go up in, into the multiple hundreds. I mean, it... it I can't imagine those people who are unaccounted for, if they haven't been accounted for yet, where are they? Um, You know, but the National Guard has now cordoned off the entire area. Even the people who live there can't get back to their homes. That, of course, suggesting to me
1: that this area is just covered with bodies. I think when there was 99, only three people had been identified. Yeah. So Crazy
0: uh again the the death the death toll officially at 93 when this article was written now at 111 this article says the main plaintiffs monica and reed eater own a house in the historic town of lahaina which was decimated the suit is on behalf of class uh, all persons similarly situated the suit targets hawaiian electrical industries which is the parent company of hiko miko and helco those are power companies the lawsuit accuses the power companies of uh, ignoring weather warnings and keeping their power lines energized despite dangerous conditions. Um, they said that they continued to energize the power lines in spite of uh, what were clearly hazardous condition, conditions on the island. There was a high wind watch, a red flag warning, and and the, the power company could have easily uh, you know, scaled back, depowered certain lines. Also, the issues coming out, Glenn, that the power companies spent millions tens of millions, 80 million plus on Green New Deal initiatives in the last year, and forewent some pro- pro- protective measures right. Right. Uh, that could have helped insulate the fire risk associated with those power lines. Yeah. So, some of the work that should have been done on the lines was not done. So, I think all that's going to come out in the suit. Um, and we've got this clip now that's been circulating. Um, do we have time to play a clip real quick? Or uh, to- if you'd like, your
1: next guest is on
0: the all line. All right, let's. Yeah. Uh, let's I want to. Pl- I want to share this clip. This this uh, clip is circulating online. This is from a Hawaii official who allegedly withheld water from firefighters and says that uh, his own record is saying that equity comes first when dealing with water in Hawaii. Listen,
2: commission is responsible per per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not diff- any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated, it, native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really, really important. To our worldview and and well being, right, and living in an island, in isolated from other you know civilizations, um, and so I think where it shifted to today, or over time, is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set, um, and. You know if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um can reconnect to that traditional value set so really my motto is always like let water connect us and not divide us like we we can share it but it requires true conversations about equity
0: I mean it's it's crazy Glenn you've got you've got firefighters that could not fight the fire because they did not have water and the and the and the water resources officials in Hawaii not releasing water and this knucklehead is talking about how water is equity and equity and and water is sacred water is what you need to fight a fire water is an element yeah. it it is it is a it is the tool you use in fighting fires I mean so I think what we're going to see ultimately is that the way Hawaii has responded to this disaster has itself been a disaster. And these are these are, these are are progressive policies that led to these decisions, Glenn. Yep. So a lot more to talk about, folks. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with our special guest, national spokesperson for the Ron DeSantis campaign, Carly Atchison. Carly will be joining us right after the break. Do not leave town. Saturday morning coffee. We'll be right back. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on The Big Show. As promised, we are now joined by a very special guest here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We are talking this morning to Carly Atchison. Carly is the national spokesperson for the Ron DeSantis for President campaign. Uh, Carly agreed to spend a little time with us here on her Saturday morning to help us uh, get up to speed on what's going on with the DeSantis campaign and how things are going. And Carly, thanks so much for sharing your Saturday morning with us. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Hey,
3: Reese. Thank you so much. Good morning.
0: Oh, you sound great. Sounds almost like you're, where are you calling us from? Uh,
3: I'm calling from Tallahassee, the free state of Florida. The free
0: state of Florida. Excellent. The deep red state of Florida. Well
3: that's right
0: <laughs> let me thank you again for joining us here on Saturday morning coffee just wanted to spend a little time with you you agreed to share some time with us we're we're you know we have an open door policy here at Saturday morning coffee we we're, we're open to all the candidates and we've talked to other candidates about being on the show and but wanted to give you some time this morning tell us tell us where things are with the campaign and you're, you're the national spokesperson for the campaign correct
3: I am yes and um, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk to all your listeners about um, how it's going. Look, it's going really good. We feel excited about the opportunity next week, the debate coming up, uh, an opportunity for Ron DeSantis to share his forward-looking vision for millions of Americans who maybe haven't tuned in to all the presidential political uh, drama going on, and um, that's kind of what we're seeing in a lot of these early states. You know, we're seeing great turnout at events, tremendous support, especially in South Carolina, 50 endorsements there. Um, but you know, it's really early, and I think people are, you know, people who are, um, you know, making predictions about what's going to happen at the end of the day are are kind of missing the fact that you know a lot of Americans are are not really tuned in right now. They're you know coming back from summer vacations and. Um you know, so we 're really excited about the momentum we 're seeing in early state, and again, really excited to to have an opportunity to share uh the forward looking vision for America on the debate stage next week
0: yeah, what can folks and you you raise an excellent point um carly it's it really is amazing to me we were talking in the first segment of the show, Glenn and I were discussing how many Americans seem to be tuned out, and it's almost as if if you're if the if the mob is not in their front yard, they just don't care. And you try to you try to think, why are there so many people who don't seem to be paying attention in this country? And what do we what do we have to do to get folks to pay attention to the freedoms that are being sacrificed and, 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 the, and the, the rights that are being trampled by this government and, and by rogue D.A.s, for example, every single day?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's so true. But I mean, give the American people credit. I Mm -hmm. mean, I saw a headline this morning, mortgage rates are at their highest level in 20 years. And I'm sure parents are feeling it right now in terms of inflation as they're buying school supplies for their kids. And so look, when you have 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, a lot of their focus is on, you know, the state of of their economy and, and what's happening in their household. But but like I say, I mean, the debate is a great time to uh, for the governor to go out there and share his, his vision, um, and particularly on the economy. Um, he announced uh, his Declaration of Economic Independence uh, not too long ago. And look, we've got to remember, to your point, we've got a really important choice to make in 2024. Our nation's in decline. Bidenomics isn't working. We know that. Uh, But the question is, what are we going to do about it? We have to elect somebody who can, one, win, uh, serve two terms, and Mm -hmm. is actually going to get these things done. And there's one candidate who sticks out as actually not just talking the talk, but has walked the walk, and that's Ron DeSantis.
0: Yeah. What are the two or three main points that you think we will hear the governor make on on the debate stage next week?
3: Sure. Well, I, you know, I encourage everybody to tune in and hear from him directly, but um, would absolutely anticipate, you know, the economy being a topic of conversation. uh, And then obviously his plan, which includes everything from getting government spending under control. I mean, Democrat and Republican administrations are both guilty of just printing and spending trillions of taxpayer dollars, have to get that under control. Yeah. Uh, Being aggressive with China, finally taking a stand against China, reshoring those jobs, unleashing Mm -hmm. domestic energy production, going back to being energy independent, which will really help uh, a lot of the inflation costs that families are facing right now. And again, he's going to he's going to share his vision, but encourage people to, you know, don't believe these politicians who just tell you what you're going to do look at what they've done. You look at what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, the number one economy, number one in new business formation, paid off 25% of all state debt. If you want to look at uh what a preview of what a president DeSantis would do for the country, just look at his what he's done for the people of Florida as governor.
0: Yeah. And I think you hit an excellent point. Um the the folks in charge government you know for too long and there are even some republicans plenty of republicans frankly who have gone along with allowing government to spend profligately and to grow i you know i believe that there's a limit to how big government can be and continue to coexist with a free people and and i think we probably have passed that point and the question becomes how do we rein government in and for too long there have been some Republicans, too many Republicans, that were willing to go along. It seems like for too long the discussion in Washington was between progressives on the left, Democrats, who wanted government to grow at 15 percent annually and Republicans on the right who were content to see it grow at 5 percent. And so they settled at 10 percent. And the problem was, over time, over a couple of generations, a government growing at 10 percent annually, in my opinion, does become too big to, to, to exist in a free constitutional republic. And I think I think voters, I think Republican voters, the base, I think they are, they're looking for a candidate that will that will dismantle some of that. Is that is, is the government that is the governor that guy?
3: He absolutely is. Look, I mean, the last administration and the Trump administration, eight trillion dollars, nearly eight trillion dollars was added to the national debt. This is unsustainable, and people forget that Ron DeSantis. Is a founding was a founding member in his time in Congress of the House Freedom Caucus. I don't know if you remember that group, but that was the one in the in the Tea Party. Yeah, and so for a really long time, Rhonda Sanders has been talking about getting spending under control. Uh, you know, the D.C. elites and the ruling class, they're doing just fine, but the middle class, the American people, uh, they're the ones who are suffering at the hand of those, those politicians in D.C. who are just printing more money, and so... He is the only candidate with a consistent, proven, conservative record on this, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing that people forget is Ron DeSantis was middle class, came from a blue-collar family. He wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, He worked his way paycheck to paycheck, like a lot of Americans right now, put himself through college, uh, put himself through law school. And then here's another thing I like to remind people about is After he did all that, he's got these two Ivy League degrees. He could have gone on and done whatever he wanted, made six figures at some private firm somewhere. But he saw 9-11 happen, and he saw that attack on our nation. We Mm -hmm. don't have a draft, and he said, you know what? I'm going to put on the uniform. I want to serve. We went, joined the Navy, volunteered to deploy to Iraq alongside Navy SEAL Team 1, earned a Bronze Star, uh, and so that's the kind of leader and person and American and patriot Ron DeSantis is. He's always put service over self. He's never been afraid to say and do the right thing. I mean, you just have to look back at COVID when they, everybody was just kind of coming after him across the world, really, for standing up for the people of Florida and saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to tell this small business owner who's put every last dime into their business that they have to shut their door because somebody in D.C. said so, um, and so he absolutely is the guy. And I really want to emphasize, he is the only candidate with the proven, consistent conservative track record.
0: Yeah. So the and I and I think you are correct. His Florida record, it, his conservative credentials, based on his time as Florida government uh, governor, are are extremely solid. Um, and I know that you guys have been through some, some adjustments to the campaign. There's been a couple of reorganizations for the campaign structure that's been written about in the press. Do you feel like the campaign is, have you got your sea legs? Have you feel like the campaign is, is where it needs to be moving forward?
3: We do. And again, really excited to, to get on that debate stage ne- next week. What I also want to point out, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of touched on this in the beginning of our conversation, yeah. but if you're just paying attention to the national polls, it's so early, you're missing uh, You're missing what's happening on the ground in states like South Carolina, like Iowa, like New Hampshire. We have the best ground game, the most organized ground game in Iowa right now. Uh, he has 40 endorsements from state legislators. And here's another thing, too. Uh, people can say all they want. This was their crowd size at the fair. This is how many people showed up to their event. There's a big difference between that and who shows up to caucus for you on a cold day in January in Iowa. Right now, we have over 10,000 Iowans who have committed to caucus for Ron DeSantis. Uh, And just for comparative purposes, that is well uh, past where Ted Cruz was in 2015. And Ted Cruz, as you know, ultimately went to win Iowa. So my point is that You know, don't pay attention. Don't get distracted by these polls. They're meaningless at this point. You have to look at what are candidates doing on the ground. Uh, Rhonda Sanchez will be back in South Carolina for Jeff Duncan's barbecue. Really looking forward to that. But that's kind of where the magic happens. That's what's going to make the difference at the end of the day. And that's been a consistent strategy of ours, and we're yeah. really confident in that strategy.
0: Yeah, we may be we may be broadcasting uh, live from Jeff Duncan's barbecue. We're working out the details oh, on that, but will we may will you be there?
3: I will not, but Rhonda Stantis will, of course, yeah. and he's actually the uh, the, the keynote speaker. So oh, good. Very good. Well, we'll yeah. uh,
0: we'll have to perhaps uh, maybe try to get a few minutes of his time there. So, Carly, I think that's great. He'll be at the barbecue. Any other events coming up that you want to uh, tell folks about? Anything else going on in South Carolina that folks might be able to put on the calendar? Uh,
3: well, definitely that, that one. Um, I think it's August 28th, if yep. I'm remembering correctly. I think correctly. that's right. Um, and then... You know, we'll be in touch with, we're going to be back there a lot. Like I said, early, we're just getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was there unveiling his mission first military policy in Columbia. So South Carolina is extremely important to us. Uh, He's actually got some roots there. His wife, First Lady Casey DeSantis, is actually a graduate of the College of Charleston. So we love South Carolina and always, always enjoy getting a chance to, to get on the ground and, and meet people there, everybody's so nice. And, yeah, I knew I knew um, she, I knew so, she yeah. had that.
0: I knew she had that South Carolina connection. So uh, uh, hopefully, look forward to meeting her at some point. But yeah, yeah, that's great. Definitely. So Carly, I guess in parting, any parting words, or maybe in two or three sentences, what is it that makes, in your opinion, Ron DeSantis the guy to beat Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats put up? I'm becoming increasingly convinced that it's not going to be Joe Biden. But what makes mm-hmm. your guy? Ron, Governor DeSantis, what makes him the guy to beat the Democrats in 2024?
3: Sure. Well, I think, you know, everybody knows that America is in decline right now, militarily, culturally, economically. And we've got a choice in 2024, right? We can continue with the the losing leadership of the past or pick the status quo, or we can choose a proven leader who has always chosen service over self, and actually has the track record of getting things done for the people he serves, right? And that's that's Ron DeSantis. And so we've gotta make the right choice in 2024. Uh, I think everybody, every Republican is nervous about what this country looks like with another four years of a a progressive liberal administration like the one we have right now. We've gotta get this right in 2024. There's one candidate who sticks out and that's Ron DeSantis.
0: Yeah, Amen. If folks want to follow the campaign, Carly. How can they find? I'm sure it's easy to find. But what is there a website or a particular location you'd send them to?
3: Yes, please go to RonDeSantis.com to learn more, or you can text Freedom to five one two three four five and learn more and join our team uh really excited to be back in the great state of south carolina soon
0: carly thanks so much for joining us here on saturday morning coffee we look forward to seeing you soon so good luck good luck to you and safe travels folks it's carly atchison national spokesperson for the governor ron DeSantis for president campaign we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more saturday morning coffee do not leave town
1: Shaka like a two, shaka like a like a one.
0: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, folks. Gone, gone away. Gone like my last paycheck. You know, I think uh, I want to thank Carly Atchison for joining us. Carly's the national spokesperson for the Ron DeSantis campaign. Good interview. I thought I liked what she has to say.
1: I did too. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I'm, I'm frankly looking at uh, Donald, I'm Donald looking at Ron DeSantis, as I assumed he was probably going to be a candidate that, Probably wouldn't win, but could be a good pick for Vice VP. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: I'm not so sure that's panned out because they've had some missteps in the campaign. The, uh, you know, the famous introduction to the campaign on Twitter on right.
1: X right.
0: was a was a bust. And you've seen Vivek
1: has made some headways in the Vivek. The yeah,
0: oh yeah. The Veik, yeah, He's he's moving up because you know what Vivek is doing. Glenn is speaking truth, and and as I said before, as I alluded to in the interview with Carly. I believe voters are, the Republican base, maybe not all voters, like you and I were just talking about, and I asked Carly about this, I think there's still a lot of people who are asleep. And she said, you know, look, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, and she's right. And yep. I think if something doesn't affect their bank account that week, they may not have time to think about it. But the problem the problem is, if we lose the country, we're all going to be broke. Right. We're all going to be living in servitude to some you know, leftist lunatic.
1: Yeah. Can you see us all standing in bread lines and, you know, trying to just get some food and water?
0: And so you can focus on your job, focus on your paycheck. You have to focus on feeding your kids and getting them educated and getting them through college and doing the things you have to do. But at the same time, we all have to spend a little bit of time thinking about the big picture and figuring out you know what's best for our family over the long run.
1: Yeah, I heard a figure today. Back to school costs a, a parent now about nine hundred dollars. It's for crazy. Clothes and yeah, supplies. Yeah, we're
0: we're yeah. buying back to school stuff, clothes, yeah, supplies it, for two kids, and at, it's
1: not cheap. At its highest level level in history. So.
0: Well, everything. I mean, yeah. it's crazy how expensive things are, and the and the everyday cost of all these day to day items are eating into people's quality of life. You can mm-hmm. you can feel it. But one of the things we were talking about is you know paycheck to paycheck and i think that's the way people are living but vivek ramaswamy is talking about these issues that matter and i think what the republican base is looking for glenn they're sick and tired of republicans who go to washington go to the white house go to congress go to the senate and negotiate with democrats on this sort of loosey-goosey gentlemanly kind of discussion over how fast government can grow and we get these crazy bloated deficit spending budgets even, and she makes a good point. Even under Trump, we had a trillion dollar deficit. Mm-hmm. Now, I attribute that to many things, including COVID. And that was right. a bit of a, a very unusual time. I'd like to think under a more normal scenario, Trump wouldn't have had that level of deficit spending. Right. But we need Republicans who will not just go there and, and, and make hard decisions, but actually scale back the size of government and roll back this deep
1: state that is running so many aspects of our lives. Yeah, I think Vivek has uh, improved the the base as far as young people voting. I think he's, he's made some more interest than other candidates have yeah. in the past.
0: What he is saying is really resonating with a lot of people, a lot of millennials, a lot of young people. A lot of young people who realize we're on the wrong track. Yeah. We're on the wrong track. Our freedom is at risk. Our liberty is diminished. We have a deep state government that is simply too big, too powerful, and has been weaponized uh, against people who think like you and me. Yeah, <laughs> And, uh, you know, classic example of this. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, but we'll touch on it. You know, big Fannie Willis, district attorney, state of Georgia, indicting the former president Uh, On charges that could put him in jail for the rest of his life, simply for discussing the results of the Georgia election with his attorney and trying to figure out a legal strategy for dealing with the aftermath of of the election. And what I would say to you is, everybody's seen this. We've got plenty of clips. We don't have time to play them. But, you know, the Democrats spent most of 2017 and 2018 complaining about the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we have a situation where it's criminal— for Donald Trump to meet with his advisors, his campaign advisors, and his attorneys and to discuss what was wrong with the 2020 Georgia election? That's criminal? That's a RICO conspiracy? Yeah,
1: 2016 it didn't seem to be a problem for the Democrats now, did it?
0: No. And it's like we've said many times, Glenn, if if Joe Biden was held to the same standards that Donald Trump has been repeatedly held to, he would be under the jail. This from uh, the Epic Times Former, Don, former President Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants were indicted by a grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, on Monday evening in relation to the former president's efforts to dispute the 2020 election results in that state. And we have to ask ourselves, why did the press conference come out at close to midnight? It was like 11 yeah, p.m. Yeah. on Monday night. Yeah. And now we learn, now this is hearsay, I'll repeat the same warning, but Newt Gingrich has released a, um, a statement. He was, I think he was interviewed on one of the talk shows, and he said, look, there was political pressure that was applied from D.C. to get them to release that indictment that day. It had to come out on Monday, and she was like, look, my jurors won't be here until noon. It'll be 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they said, look, you must not have understood us. We said you will indict on Monday. So you've got a state, Georgia state prosecutor who is now jumping through political hoops to appease her puppet master's inside the beltway
1: right
0: you can't this is not a free country Glenn hmm. that cannot happen in a free country folks it's not the criminal justice system at work it's the weaponization of the criminal justice system and we're criminalizing political activity as I said on Liz's show on Friday morning I had a, a lawyer call me and said why on earth would Donald Trump sit down in a, in a, and have a conversation with folks about how many votes he needed I said look I practice election law. That's where every election challenge starts, is figuring out what the official results are and how much they said you lost by. That's where every conversation starts. So, Glenn, we had so much more to get to, but on this espresso version of Saturday morning coffee, we just don't have time. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Folks, that's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Glenn, we had a contest that we were supposed to get to today. I see that in my notes. We didn't get to it, but folks, we will do that on the next episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. Y'all stick with us next, be with us next week for more, and we'll see you next week. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed.